You're listening to the Teen Wolf Rewolf. So as everybody knows, we don't know anything about the sixth season of Teen Wolf. Absolutely nothing. And we're not really interested in doing the work to learn more <laughs> as we're going through it. No, this is our podcast. It's our podcast. And I'm senioritis, baby. I'm not doing any homework. So... We did what anybody would do. We consulted an expert. And we had a great time doing it. Oh my gosh, we made a friend. Sure did. I, we have made so many friends with this podcast. We're so popular. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Um, we sat down with Pure Fandom co-founder and writer Meg Bonnie to talk about her experiences as she covered the sixth season of Teen Wolf as it was airing. And uh, what a revel- I feel like I learned so many new things. Yeah, I mean, especially, like, again, we were not involved. You were never involved in the Teen Wolf fandom. I totally tapped out. I was busy being, you know, in college and not thinking about it anymore. So to find out just sort of how um, engaged and energized people were about the sixth season and how how strong everyone's opinions were um, was fascinating. It was really interesting to hear her talk about all sides of the conversation. Yeah. and I think that this will be a really interesting conversation for our listeners to listen to as well. I agree. Some of them may be like, hey, I was there. <laughs> and I would love to hear more about that experience again because I, we don't know anything about season six. So if you ha- finding out more is like, oh, this is great. Yeah, but if you were there, then you get to listen along and, and nod. Yeah, be like, uh-huh, you know. I remember that. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So uh, Meg had great things to say about, about Teen Wolf, um, even going so far as to say that a big part of her career is actually because of the show. So crazy. any Teen Wolf fan will be really excited to hear about this, and uh, we hope you guys in- enjoy our interview with Meg Bonney. Hi, everybody. So we have a really special guest today. Uh, we are going to be talking with Meg Bonnie. She is the co-founder of Pure Phantom and a longtime Teen Wolf fan. Um, it's going to be really interesting to get a perspective that you don't necessarily get from me and Julia because we weren't as active in the fandom uh, as the show was still airing. So I'm really excited to get to talk to Meg. Uh, Meg, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Pure Fandom? Oh, sure. So as you said, I'm Meg Bonnie. I am the co-founder of purefandom.com and we extend rather extensively covered Teen Wolf when it was on. Um, so that was really exciting. And it's so exciting to see so many people discovering it now and like kind of, you know, getting to rediscover it with them. So that's, that's something we do on the site too. We'll just post old articles just because there's new, new fans every day. Um, at Pure Fandom, we cover mostly CW shows. We're kind of like YA sci-fi fantasy um now netflix is really getting into those shows too so pretty much anything nerdy or um with a giant fan following we're there so marvel stuff too we have a a lot of marvel guys that are all about that so yeah anything that you'd see at a comic-con we're down so we love talking about it on twitter facebook wherever um writing the articles we have many podcasts a lot of the sci-fi shows we have an awesome podcast with brad and court talks and they review all of those crazy wonderful who came up with this stuff sci-fi shows so you have to check that out too but they're amazing i love that that is awesome and you are certainly talking to the right audience um we have an army of people who are pushing us to do the supernatural rupernatural after the teen wolf rewolf um 
Do it. I covered Supernatural too. And oh my gosh, that show. I don't know if I could do it. That would be such a long podcast. There's so many episodes. Yeah, no, years. Yeah. (laughs) Have you guys never watched? You've never watched Supernatural? No, we've both watched Supernatural. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It would just be the the rewatching of it. It's like you did it the one time. Like I was in it. I did it. It's hard to go back for 15 seasons. Oh my gosh. That would take forever. I I tapped out um, pretty early on, but I also feel like everybody who's watched it qualifies for like veterans benefits. (laughs) Yeah, I think I started, um, I was too chicken to watch it when it was on TV. So when my now husband, so this is like how long that show was on. Like when we started dating in like season three, then he got me to watch it. And then we watched it on TV through 15 and we're married with two children now. So like, that's how long that show was around. So I get it. Trust me. Wow. Supernatural babies. That's crazy. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, Going back to, to your start on fandoms, were you in on Teen Wolf from the beginning? Did you watch it air on MTV and think like, this is the best thing since sliced bread? Or was it something you were introduced to later? So I started watching it on MTV in season three and actually the end of season two. And Teen Wolf is like weirdly connected to pure fandom for me and how I got involved with Liz of pure fandom. So I went to a convention in Chicago and there was a fan panel for Teen Wolf and it was like, it was still airing. It was the end of season two was on. Um, I had just like super binged season one and two. And I was like, okay, I'm not caught up to where they are on TV. Like they just started, I think, airing season three at the time. And I was still in season two, but I was like, I have to go. I love this show so much. It's so amazing. And that's where I met Liz of Pure Fandom. And then back then it was called something else it was called team tsd and it was with someone else and like a different group and it was just kind of like a blog site at the time still amazing you can find the archived articles like they're wonderful um but that's how i met liz prue who's the other co-founder of purefandom.com through teen wolf and i went up and like i don't usually do that i went up and started talking to her and it's just like sparked our friendship and then we stayed connected online and um, I ended up covering the show for them. And then that's when we founded Pure Fandom a couple years later and rest is history with Pure Fandom. But that's kind of how I came to have Liz in my life was that show. Um, so then from season three on, then I watched it on MTV. So that was like kind of when I dove in and then I started covering it. I think it was in season four, season five. But season six is where it got crazy to be covering it because um, I'm sure you remember like the news and stuff around like Dylan O'Brien and like, would he be there and would he not be there? And I had posted a spoiler free review for the first episode of season six, something I had done with like every show I covered. I would just like get a screener, like here's a couple things that happened. It's really exciting. And I had to turn off my phone because my Twitter notifications, like at the time I still had like where they would text me and like my phone was like frozen because I had so many notifications. I didn't realize because I hadn't been tweeting about that show. I would just like cover it and recap it. I didn't realize how huge that fandom was and how huge the Dylan O'Brien part of that fandom was until I posted this spoiler free review. And then I was like, oh my God, like it went crazy from there. So I think a lot of the international fans thought I wrote for the show. So there was a little confusion. 
Like they would get mad at me when like something didn't go the way that they wanted. Like guys, I'm just a fan. Like they didn't really understand, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was really fun um, to like officially recap it because there was someone else recapping the episodes in season four. And I would just write like one offs for a while and then actually recapping each episode and like doing spoiler free reviews. Cause then of course I had to do it for each one because they were expected um, by the fandom and it was crazy. Like it was, I, there's no other word for it. It was crazy. I mean, I think that that doesn't necessarily shock us. Cause I think that's something that Julie and I have both noticed throughout our journey on this podcast is that the Dylan O'Brien stands are uh, something different. Um, they are very committed, but both of us, Julia had not watched the show at the time that this was happening. And I tapped out around early season five for not personal reasons. It was just bad. Um, and I came back to it later and, and reevaluated. Uh, so I remember hearing about Dylan O'Brien's accident thinking, wow, that really sucks. I hope he's okay. And sort of moving away from it. And then going back and finding out really just how big of a deal it was in the writer's room to the fandom has been really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like you've had a, a, I mean, like, it sounds like Teen Wolf literally inspired a huge part of your professional life, which is fascinating and and really wonderful to hear. You know, you said you jumped in and you love Teen Wolf. What makes it different, like unique from the, in your opinion, from other shows of its kind? Because obviously Pure Fandom is covering a lot of the CW stuff, but there is something about Teen Wolf that is just elsewhere, you know? Definitely. You know, for me, I always felt like it gave me Buffy vibes and I, I couldn't quite pinpoint why it felt different from other teen shows or other like supernaturally based teen shows what about it was so different I think it's just the cast the music on that show was always amazing and they always made sure to highlight like the performers and like where you could find it I always thought that was a really cool touch especially because it was an MTV show um I think just like the talent of the cast and I'm not trying to say like any other cast is less talented but I think they early on realized the strengths of these these actors and really pushed them they pushed the emotional stuff as the show progressed and and that like connection that you got with those characters and like the peril they put them in once they realized like oh they're really good at acting like terrified and you just got so much more invested for some reason and like I can't even pinpoint exactly what it was but I always felt that same like connection and like drive to watch and watch and watch like I did with Buffy and I have no idea why I think it's just everything about it really worked you know some of the storylines didn't so much but it was you're always you came back for the characters and the actors and like that kind of thing like you just felt really drawn and connected to them yeah I think that Teen Wolf um is really interesting in the way that it sort of formulates a teen television the show show the way you might watch um a show meant for an older audience and then also, you know, trusts their actors and their stories with similar, like very complex adult emotions that don't actually get examined in uh, teen television all the time. Although I know that Julia can speak a little bit more to the Buffy situation. Yeah, I, um, I'm kind of in the same boat where uh, when I was watching Teen Wolf, I was like, wow, it has the vibes. And um, I think part of that is just that it's such a tight cast um, and I think a lot of the CW shows, which I also love, um, 
people really latch on to a lot of like the side characters, which are great, but in Buffy and also in early Teen Wolf, like the core teen cast is so small, it's so easy to invest in them. I think that's mm-hmm. like where I would draw the biggest parallel. Yeah, and the I would say the parents on Teen Wolf, like I've just finished my second watch of Dawson's Creek and I hate like every parent on that show and I I'm a parent and I feel like as I got older I started identifying more with like the parents of these shows as well not with like certain shows and I realized that some of them do it really really well like Buffy I felt like they did a good job with the parents and like you know the just the older actors in general um, I say older like they're not my age but they are <laughs> the adults <laughs> the adult the adults in the room um, but I feel like Teen Wolf did such a good job and like oh my gosh, I, I rarely care about the grown-up relationships and like their individual like things, but you cared on Teen Wolf. Like they made it just as important that you knew what happened to Scott's mom and Allison's dad. And like you, you cared just as much about them. And I thought that was really cool too. I think Dawson's Creek is the perfect example of hateable parents in shows. And I think you're right. Like it's far more successful for everybody to care about all of the characters instead of being like, screw you, mom, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, you mentioned this a little bit before about the fandom. MTV had a very interesting relationship with the the fandom. Um, Some people I know really liked it. They felt like they were involved. I think that it also inspired a little bit of uh, entitlement fans had to the creation on the whole did you observe any of that while you were covering it while the show was on yes definitely um and like not a bad entitlement like you want fans to be invested to the point where like they feel personally impacted by the choices made on the show like not so much to the level that some of the fans took it sometimes where it was like okay logistically this actor's not available to be on this show right now So you have to like keep that in the back of your head. That's why it's written this way. So it it did become a little toxic to cover it and to tweet about it. Um, Especially like I mentioned the international, it felt more of like the international fans not understanding my role within the show and that I wasn't actually a writer on the show um, holding me personally accountable when, you know, Stydia didn't have a scene together or, you know, things like that. And I think that was the hardest thing for me as a recapper because like I wanted these things to happen too and as a fan but I don't know and it felt like that entitlement kind of crossed over into the people doing the spoiler free reviews like I know I did it almost every episode from six on um and I know that there were other recappers that were doing it too and we would like message each other on Twitter like oh my god did you watch the screener like he's not even in this episode they're gonna kill us because like we felt like almost responsible for if they were going to be excited or not for this episode and like they weren't really promoting it as much it kind of felt like in season six so like that was where people would go they would go to the spoiler free reviews to you know the preview breakdown that sort of thing and then kind of get a little attacky if it wasn't what they wanted to see so we definitely saw that like uh, yeah, entitlement, I think, was a good word that they expected these certain things to go down. And when they didn't, they took it out on the people writing about it, not the people writing it, not that they should take it out on anyone, but 
it was it felt very um touchy at the end where it was like oh, i don't even want to like cover it sometimes because it's like it gets a little stressful definitely. yeah i definitely think that that's probably a symptom that happens in all um sort of entertainment circles where like the messenger does sort of receive a little bit of the uh the vitriol um when things aren't happening um but you know at least it does i think speak in part to the passion of the fans which is is Mm -hmm. kind of a wonderful thing but of course i think dealing with it as if you personally are the reason dylan o'brien couldn't be somewhere is 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 a frustrating thing to deal with and you know as much as i think that um the teen wolf fandom is uh unique um i also can see that being an issue anywhere but it sounds like i think mtv's participation and sort of the proliferation of like you're involved and we're talking about phantom can kind of like i say um breed a little bit a bit of entitlement um moving on i mean so you have covered a lot of these shows surely pure fandoms is going to continue covering a lot of these types of shows but teen wolf really did kind of come on the back of kind of one of the like most significant movements in um, like the teen genre around the time, the post sort of post twilight era, we all of a sudden had like a renewed interest in teen genre. So we had the vampire diaries and we had teen wolf. Um, Do you see teen wolf sort of standing on its own as a legacy or do you feel like it's kind of going to, you know, time tells we look back and it's all going to be wrapped up into one big like entity. You know, I feel like it really does stand on its own, um, not just because it didn't really have the vampire aspect. I mean, it had the wolf aspect, which was, like you said, Twilight and that whole thing. There's like vampires and werewolves everywhere for a while. Um, and not even because it was like a quote unquote remake. It had nothing to do with the Teen Wolf 80s movie at all, which is still hilarious that they even like tied those together in any way. Like just used his name with Scott. Like you could just call him like Robert same effect you know um I feel like it stands on its own because of how each season had almost like an urban legend type of monster or like something like mythology the way that they built that mythology I feel like you know we said before it it falls more in the category of like Buffy which I wouldn't put Buffy with Twilight or any of that either um even though it's different time periods and it was vampires. Like I would say that obviously Buffy stands on its own. And I feel like Teen Wolf would gravitate more towards the Buffy chunk of things than to Twilight or any of those like like vampire diaries, like you said. Um, but I think the way that they did the villains and how it wasn't always an imminent threat, like in the town, it was like an outside force, always felt very Buffy um, versus like vampire diaries. It was more you know, this person from history that's back who looks like this person who also looks like this person. It was all very like those people, you know, it was like, except for, you know, boys styles. Well, that's the exception. Um, It wasn't really someone within their group that would turn. And and that kind of felt like the villain could be one of us felt very twilight, like Edward could be the monster and like that whole thing. Like, I feel like those cluster together very nicely, but I think Teen Wolf, either stands on its own or kind of gears more towards the Buffy-ness of things in, in like pop culture. Um, but I, I just feel like, yeah, I wouldn't put it even in the same category as as Vampire Diaries or any of those shows or, or Twilight. And I love Twilight. 
Oh, I love Twilight. Give me all um, the camp in the world. I love it. <laughs> you know, it's funny because it's, it's, I think the coolest thing about Teen Wolf is that it was clearly spawned from that sort of movement. And then I ended up surpassing it and standing very separately, like you said, um, in a, in a Buffy way where like, that is the most iconic version of that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also a remake though of a movie it has nothing to do with. So maybe there, maybe that's the key. That's like the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there anything right now, anything you're covering, anything your coworkers are covering, anything that you think has a little bit of the magic of Teen Wolf that maybe our listeners can go find a little bit of Beacon Hill somewhere else? You know, and I said that it's not comparable to, to Vampire Diaries because it kind of stands on its own, but I don't know if you guys watch Legacies. It's nope. the spinoff. It's like the spinoff of the spinoff. It's still in the same Vampire Diaries universe, but it's set like in a high school, but they live in the high school. It's more like a prep school. Um, and it's for, I don't want to say gifted, but like supernatural students. So like witches and werewolves. It reminds, when I watch that show, just like the structure of how like they have the core group and they all have their thing. And like this person's that and that person's this. And there's always like the rando human. Like it reminds me of Teen Wolf in that way that like they have this group and they're bound together and like they're going to fight for each other, but they all have like their own little like festering thing. And the fact that it's a high school. So there's, you know, prom and things like that still going on. So it kind of reminds me of it. So if you haven't watched that show, I would say Legacies is a really good one. And if you haven't watched all of like Vampire Diaries or all of the originals, which that's a huge commitment because those are two full-fledged shows, like I feel like it's a show you could jump into because they do like that freak of the week thing a lot. And they they kind of walk you through who these characters are and like what they mean to each other and what they mean in the scope of the the universe without having to watch all. I mean, you'll get more information in detail if you watch the back, you know, go back and watch like originals and Vampire Diaries. But the actual characters and the actors on Legacy, Legacies, it just, it does give me Teen Wolf vibes, even though it's part of that universe. Like, it just feels so different. And, like, those characters feel younger than the Vampire Diaries characters, because, like, the actors are actually, like, teenagers. But <laughs> it's it's really good show. And, um, like, the peril and the emotion, it kind of, like you said, it really adult situation, adult motion, emotions, like, it reminds me of Teen Wolf in that way. That's awesome. I also like knowing that I don't have to watch the originals to jump into that because I, what a commitment. Um, And the originals is very, I don't want to say dark, but it's a (laughs) lot more intense. Like it's not as light as um, Vampire Diaries, which I wouldn't even call a light show. So I didn't actually finish all the originals. I just kind of like cliff notes at the end. This is what happened. Okay. This is where everyone ended up. Um, I just, it was so heavy for me. I was like, you know, I love all of you, but I don't want to like watch you live your lives. We'll just, we'll just go over here to high school. You know, it's a little yeah. too adult for me <laughs> as an adult. Like I'm here. I don't need it. And I only have vampires in my life. So yeah, it, it's a very good show. Originals is very good, very well written, but you don't have to watch it to watch legacies and enjoy legacies. Awesome. I love hearing that. Um, and yeah, sometimes I will be watching stuff and I'll be like, yeah, it's, it's past my bedtime. I'm <laughs> at the ripe age of 25. <laughs> I'm too young to be watching this. Um, Meg, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about Teen Wolf with us. We really appreciate it. Um, is there anything that you would like to promote right now? I know you've got books and pure fandom. Would you share with our wonderful listeners all you have to offer? 
Oh, well, thanks for having me. Like no one ever wants to talk to me about Teen Wolf except the internet. So like you reaching out to talk to me in, you know, a Zoom call still, I was very excited. Like, yes, finally, because, you know, the show's been off for a while. So it was exciting to to jump back in. And I can't wait to connect with some of your listeners on it and find new people to just, you know, be all geeky with. But so thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, of um, course. And yes, I do have um, a book out now. It's called Everly. And it's available wherever you buy books. Um, I would just like to please, please, please buy from your local bookstore. If you have an independent bookstore, um, you give them your business. I mean, Jeff Bezos is fine. Like he doesn't need your business. Um, and then December 15th is the sequel to that book. It's called Rosewood Burning. So that's coming out soon. I'm so excited. It's so broody. I mean, writing a book in a pandemic and editing it, I was just like, dark days guys like we're gonna get emotional we're gonna get angsty I'm probably wearing pajamas while editing everything but yeah it was it comes out December 15th I'm really excited congrats Um, that's awesome yeah and then again it'll be available wherever you buy books so cool and then pure fandom read it listen to it purefandom.com um basically any show you could possibly want to watch and learn a little more about you can find it there if you're of the Teen Wolf fandom, I feel like there's something for you there. And you can go back and read old Teen Wolf articles. If it's new to you, I mean, they're there. So go go live through the struggles of season six with all of us, you know, go go search Teen Wolf on purefandom.com. Right on. I'm, I'm sure that we ha- will have lots of listeners looking for, again, more people to talk about Teen Wolf with and, and their other nerdy obsessions. So that is definitely a, a good recommendation and a great place for, to send the wonderful wolf pack. Uh, Meg, thank you again. We've really enjoyed talking to you and uh, we're so happy you took the time to chat about Teen Wolf with us. Yeah, thank you. So Meg is great. We had such a fun time talking to her. Oh my gosh, so fun. It's always great to hear other people's Teen Wolf opinions and experiences because like we say, we exist in the Teen Wolf Free Wolf echo chamber. It's nice here, but it um, gets a little drafty and echoey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, really interesting to hear about um, the experience watching Six as it aired. Uh, kind of informs our conversations probably moving forward about the show um, and this season. Um, and it was it was really great talking to Meg. We did that thing where you do like the Midwestern goodbye, where you say goodbye three times before anybody before the Zoom call ends. Yeah, it's like you start um, ten feet away from the door, and then an hour later you are three feet from the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's only before moving fifteen feet from the door and then scooting back, like the whole shebang. Pretty much. Um, well, we're we're all from the Midwest, so it's it's how it was going to be. She actually told this great story about how there is another Meg Bonnie on Twitter. And uh, frequently gets tagged in Teen Wolf stuff. And Meg has to be like, no, 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 it's me. (laughs) She's the other one, which really made me laugh. Um, It was great getting to know Meg. Uh, We might book club her book. That would be fun. I would have such a good time. Yeah, I just know it. Yep. Um, So like she said, her the second installment of her series is coming out soon. If you guys want to catch up on like all of the articles she wrote about Teen Wolf as it was airing and all the recaps, you can do that on Pure Fandom. And if you want to follow Meg on Twitter, she is at Meg Bonnie Writes. Nice. I yep. I definitely didn't just look that up just now. <laughs> I don't, it's it's so weird how certain people like exist in your brain as their like Twitter 
URL. Yeah. Um, or like their name that changes every season. Um, yeah, there's some people who exist. Yes. Only in that may- in that way. Yeah, but follow Meg. Share your opinions on the sixth season of Teen Wolf and what was going on if you were watching it then. And uh, be nice to each other, everybody. Agreed. Great. Um, without further ado, we hope you guys have a wolf of a week. Uh, uh, woo! woo!